0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield audio podcast. I want to talk to you for a moment today about something very, very practical. Uh, it's not the kind of thing I normally talk about in my podcast. It's not the kind of thing that I normally uh, emphasize, but I feel so strongly about it that I that I want to talk about it today. And I, I need to start by saying I am I am the absolute polar opposite of a survivalist. I believe in society. I believe in being invested in society um, as a Christian, as a leader, as a as a man who just wants to help people, you know, at whatever level, humanitarian, and just as a guy who's interested in life and being connected to society and civilization. I mean, I, I I am the last guy to want to go live on a hill somewhere in Idaho, Idaho or Utah, and uh, and be some kind of a survivalist hermit. So I, I reject all of that. Nor am I an end times nut. I am not in any way. I I don't I don't really believe in the Christian theology that um, that is uh, most hyper about the second coming. I obviously believe in the second coming, but have a slightly different view than than the majority view. The kind of end times sort of you know. Uh, view that's, that's dominant out there. We can talk about all that some other time. So having said all that, let me say that in our generation, we are very likely to live through the disruption of services that we're used to. We're going to have floods. We're going to have storms. We're going to have hurricanes. We, we know that. That's true in every generation. But we may also have terrorist activity that disrupts services. We may also have government outages or government uh, weakenings that, uh, you know, prevent the continuous services like electricity or water, every kind of thing. Uh, I live in right downtown Nashville, and we've lost uh, power, lost water because of the great flood that happened a year ago. I mean, all, all kinds of things. And so, I believe that in every generation, not, not just a generation that's concerned about the second coming of terrorism, but, but in every generation, it's wise for people to have some margin, to have some storage, to have uh, some abundance in their homes that's beyond what they need. And I call this a grandma strategy. Now, so for some of you, you're so young, it might be a great grandma strategy. But the generation that lived through, even in their youth, the Great Depression, came out on the other side, and they had a little less trust in government, little less trust in Wall Street, and were insistent upon being a little bit more self sufficient so as a result, they made sure that they had what they needed in case the services they were used to were disrupted. the banks closed uh, you know water was not available utilities weren't available medical services weren't available, and so on and I'm, I'm often deeply concerned by how close to the edge people are living in our generation. Uh, they live from paycheck to paycheck, and if there was a disruption of services, they would be without anything. But that generation that lived through the Great Depression, they made sure that they had a little money laid aside. They made sure that they had a pantry, and they canned vegetables and fruits and what have you, and, and they froze meats, and they had some weeks of margin always in storage. They made sure that they had tools. They made sure that they had skills so they could, you know, how our grandmothers or our great-grandmothers could go into the kitchen, and as far as we were concerned, there was nothing there, and they'd whip up an amazing meal because they had skills they made sure that they had some water source or had some water stored somehow many of you remember going on your grandfather's property and or your great grandfather's property and there was just some kind of storage facility or pantry um they 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 made sure that they lived in community um yes they had weapons but they weren't primarily thinking about shooting their neighbors for heaven's sakes but they did think about being able to hunt or or provide food should the grocery store not be open or should meat be scarce um they just simply had margin. And I'm a big believer in a grandma strategy. Like I've already said, I'm the furthest thing from a survivalist. What I am not doing today is saying, gee, you know, since the government's going to fail us, you know, let's all cram tuna cans into our mattress. I, I don't believe in fear. I don't believe in panicking people. I'm not freaked out about the second coming. I'm not freaked out about terrorism or government not being able to provide services. But you know, if if water were disrupted, how long would you be able to survive without having to get into a big old long line in some grocery store parking lot with a federal truck sitting in the parking lot distributing water? I mean, why should we put ourselves in that position? How long could you survive um, if, food, if food supply was totally disrupted? Because of a storm, because of a flood, because of power outage, because who knows what. Um, how much ready cash do you have laid aside? Should your bank suddenly close, or should it burn down, or, or should there be some electronic glitch that causes you not to have access to your money? You, you understand what I'm saying. Um, how long can you feed your family based on what you have? And do we have the basic skills? Can we fix our own car? Can we, you know what I'm saying? Can, can we? Can we? Do we just have? Do we even have candles in our house if power goes out? Bev and I lost power not too long ago just because of normal, benevolent things. And we picked a couple. Of, picked up a couple of uh, cranking uh, radios, a uh, little device that you crank and, and uh, that powers the radio and it also gives you a flashlight and it lets you charge your cell phones. It was just something that we, we picked up. They were 20 bucks each, big deal. You know, what we're not doing is buying camo and Uzis. <laughs> But what we are doing uh, is just making sure we've got some margin. I mean, we live in a downtown area, for heaven's sakes. I think most of you who follow me know that our Nashville home is right downtown. We're, We're city people. And yet, who knows? When the flood happened last year, I mean, you know, it was a serious disruption. Traffic couldn't move. Power was shut down water was disrupted. I mean, you know, it was it was cleaned up fairly quickly, but we could have gone several weeks. Well, why why shouldn't there be some some shrink-wrapped bottles of water in a garage or a storage closet, you know, or under the bed? I mean, none of this is none of this is big stuff. So, I'm going to keep this short today, but what I'm urging everyone to do, and again, not for any reason that I see in the headlines or anything any one trend that concerns me, I'm just aware that especially young families tend to live pretty close to the vest. Paycheck to paycheck, you know, grocery store trip to grocery store trip. And I'm just saying, how about we think in terms of a month? How about you think in terms of, could I survive for a month? Do I have a, a extra vial of my medications? Do I have a month's worth of water? If everybody were to get you know, one bottle of water a day or two bottles of water a day, how much water would that be for our family? And how about we just stack that up in the garage or stack it up in a closet or stick it in the basement? And and what about food? Do we have a month's worth of food? And if we don't, what 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 you know? Go on a website and find out what stores best, and and rotate it. But but be be deep in terms of what you have there. And do you have a freezer in the garage? Well, if you lose power, you know you'll lose that eventually. But you'll you'll at least have some food. And again, the idea is not to talk about surviving nuclear winter here. I'm not trying to get you to live Cormac McCarthy's you know The Road or something. I'm not apocalyptic in that sense. But I, I've I've watched I've been involved in some disaster relief in my life, and I, I've watched people suffer. Um, unnecessarily, I think, when tough times happened. And, uh, and I'm just saying it seems to me that given the times in which we live, um, and I don't mean that again one more time, I'll say it in terms of some apocalyptic event, that it just makes sense. And I've got to tell you another reason that I do this too. Uh, the other reason that Bev and I do this is that when tough times happen, we want to be able to help people. We want to be able to give people things. We want to be able to serve people. And so we, you know, lay aside just enough food, medicine, and whatever, just to be able to survive, who knows, another Nashville flood, who knows, another Nashville tornado, Uh, those kinds of things. So give that some thought. And the reason I'm putting this on this podcast is, you know, the things that we talk about on this podcast, historical trends, cultural trends, religious trends, they're not just about academic things that we know and go away saying, huh, how interesting. It's meant to affect the way we live the way we relate to people, the way we interact with people, uh, the way we conduct our lives. If you're serious about your faith, it should be the most defining thing in your life. Well, I'm serious about my faith, so I not only want to take care of my family, I want to be ready to help others in tough times. And I think the grandma strategy that we learned from our Depression-era grandparents and great-grandparents helps us be a more confident people, a people better ready to help our neighbors, uh, and a people who are a bit more forward-thinking than we've tended to be in our generation. Stephen Mansfield Podcast was brought to you by the Mansfield Group. Find us at mansfieldgroup.com.